I know. And yeah, no, no chewing on the mic. It's not cool. Unless you're Lola, and she can chew on the mic over there. Yes. yes. Take out your damn gum. <laughs> Do it for Grandma. No gum. Don't loudly <laughs> slurp your coffee drink. Yeah. Well, I think in the beginning when we talk about Moon Milk, we can. Okay. Oh, I should have made a sound drop about it. <laughs> I wish. Was that first sponsor coming? <laughs> I know. I promoted them on my Twitter, and I didn't even hashtag ad. It's not recording, is it? Wait, did you? Fuck, really? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, it is on. <laughs> okay, so we're doing sips. We're drinking Magic Moon Milk over here. Because of the pagan holiday. Except for what, was it Haley Bieber said about Halloween? It was iconic. It, it, I, I can't even figure out if she's smart enough to even say how insane that was. I really don't think. Did you see the, no. the post about um, Halloween being appropriated by Christians? and? Yeah, and she was like, I will still show up with my sexy nurse outfit. Like, she just made it so. She's like, I will get my candy. It was, it was just like... <laughs> Slay. It's really yeah. strange because, I mean... Wasn't Halloween originally like totally appropriated by Christians? Like, I mean, isn't that part of well, it yeah, real? But, it but like, like, now she thinks there's been a second appropriation. Is yes. that what's going on? Yeah, That's she's like, oh, we're taking it back or something. I don't know. Um, the dog's trying to get into the moon. I'm milk. about to play a theme song so we can officially start the show. All right, yeah. is everybody Go ready? Welcome to Freak With Us. So I, I have to be honest, uh, whenever I made that sound clip, I did take... Um, you know the song Freak on a Leash by Korn? Of course. Those words are from the song. Yeah, I no, I got it. Yeah, Whenever yeah, he yeah, says yeah. us, though, he doesn't actually say us in the song, so I had to, like, do... Like, I had to cut up two different words and, like, transpose That's them. That's quite a splice. Yeah, I felt like a serial killer. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was excited to... So I do have to wonder, though. I, I hope the audience is okay and that you didn't just, like, jump out of your chairs with your knees chattering. Why didn't you just have, like, the unbroken 30 seconds of him just going, like... You mean his, like, scatting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little corn scatting. Candy corn scatting. Corn. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it was a different time, you see. Everybody had a rap verse back then, so... <laughs> He gave it his best shot. Yeah, that's new metal, isn't it? Mr. Corn. Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Corn solidly. New yeah, metal, I always yeah. want to make sure that I'm using new metal correctly. Uh, faithful audience members might have noticed a little bit of an absence. Um, Tim is missing tonight because he had to sleep. He works night shifts now. And so instead, 
of having Tim here, we have a guest. And it's a corker because it is the show's producer. Producer L- Jessica. Loosely. Loosely. <laughs> oh, okay. Now you're backing away from it. <laughs> Self-appointed. I'm making my decision after the pod. <laughs> okay. <laughs> after seeing how well you perform. Yes. <laughs> Try out. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is a spooky episode. I didn't really plan that much for it. There's some stuff we want to talk about, but it's just going to be rando things that have to do with scary stuff. Um, we will talk about in the next episode on volume two of Foxfire. There's a whole chapter about uh, scary folklore, ghouls and goblins and witches. Goats. Um, but we're going to talk about our own stories this, this episode. Did you say Goats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe like ghost, goat spirits. Yeah, goats. Where she can say ooh. What? Goats wear, wear a, a sheet, sheet and, and say, say ooh. ooh. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were doing more corn scatting. All right. Well, um, do you want to talk about grandma? We're starting off the top with Should grandma. we talk it's about a grandma? Heavy, heavy story. Well, yeah. Okay, so we we could talk about grandma. We could talk about. Do you want to talk about Purple Church? Mm, I'll talk about grandma. Okay, it, it's it's uh it's it's in my soul at this point. I reread it. <laughs> yeah, like right before. So should we talk about the lore of us discovering that we were both obsessed with this? Like yeah. Ten. What what was it? Ten years old. Yeah, it's I from think, like 2014, I think. Something crazy. I mean, it's old. So Rachel and I work together, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so that's our tie. But um, yeah, so we were talking one day at lunch um, and she brought up this article on Vice about a grandma with Munchausen. And I was like, shut up. That's probably one of my favorite articles. And it came out like 10 years ago. So obviously we were like both in college, I would yeah. assume. At the same point when we, were wa- when we were reading it, but yeah, so probably really fucked me up. Is this explicit? No, oh, yeah, for okay. sure. No, it's explicit. Sorry, uh, sorry Grandma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, whenever uh, I first read it, it blew my mind because yeah. I think it was my first introduction to one of my favorite mental illnesses. Oh, yeah. Munchausen by proxy. Well, that was all I remembered from, isn't that in The Sixth Sense? There's like a mom who is poisoning her girl i know her daughter yes i that's all i remembered because it was so just something so unsettling about it because the girl's like throwing up when she was a ghost yes yes and yeah that that was like my only exposure to it really um what was the recent one the hbo doc about it i don't know um Shit, I'm really messing this up. <laughs> there was one about a mom faking uh, cancer and multiple illness on her um, daughter oh. to, to get money and attention. And they went on Good Morning America and everything the like. And um, the daughter finally killed her. She, she was in feeding tubes and really dark stuff. And Wait, so, you mean the mom killed the... No, the daughter finally killed the mom. And she's in prison right now. I can't believe Wait, it. Wait, whoa. Yeah, with a Wait. feeding tube. I think her name's Dee Dee. Holy shit. Yes. Something like that. That's crazy. I know. I know. So that's another Munchausen tie, but this yeah. could be my favorite. No, this article is like, had stayed with me forever because, yeah, I first saw it on Tumblr and I saw the picture, the iconic, 
the iconic art of this grandma uh and i just we'll, we'll put the link on the twitter but yeah go look at this if you haven't seen it um the art for this article is so good it's like very i don't know when i was scrolling through my dashboard i saw it and i was like i absolutely have to read this now um and it didn't disappoint it's like really well written and i feel like the way so the the article's written by her grandson and it's him like I don't know. It's like him piecing together throughout the article all of this weird behavior. Yeah. And as he was writing it, he started to piece together even more stuff, yes. which is even the more shocking part. Yeah. But basically, Grandma was kind of an old brute, went through Great Depression, the like. Right. Many husbands. It happens, right? Um, but she always insisted, I think she had a background in nutrition, something like that. So I think that's where her interest started Mm -hmm. playing with food. And I think it said that she first toyed with like vitamin A and food Mm -hmm. and things like that to see what it would do. And I think, and it it seems like, and I don't think he outwardly said this, but I think he started in animals first, which is what serial killers and the like often do. Yeah, I didn't think about that. um, And then it progressed to, I think like boyfriends, husbands, and then family members of her making cookies and dinners with powder on it that no one yeah. <laughs> apparently questions. Yeah, well, it's like as she gets older, they start to see, like, she she her vision is failing her, so she's not as careful about what yes. she's serving them, and they start to just, like, <laughs> literally see the shit that she's feeding them is, like, covered in poison. Is this is this piece of pie covered in graphite? <laughs> Basically, but but for some reason, no one questioned for a long time why they were like falling asleep on yeah. the couch and couldn't get home after yeah. they ate with grandma, or falling asleep on the train mm-hmm. um, on the way home. And it's like I've I've enjoyed a good dinner or two with my old Grams, and it's tasty. But if I fell asleep every single time, I'd be questioning as a kid. Yeah, well, it's like she was even giving them like laxatives and stuff. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean, like, yeah, it, it is interesting. It's you can see the family dynamic too because it's like, I think it was the mom who yep. stopped eating first. Yep, she started questioning first and yeah. pieced it together herself, and then it gradually each family member like sees how the other one isn't affected when they are, and so it's like one person after another just like starts refusing food from grandma. Ooh, and one thing that was so chilling was like. When they're at events like weddings and stuff and she doesn't have to cook, it's like there's a relief for her, for the grandmother, because she like doesn't have to worry about killing her family off one by one, (laughs) (laughs) which she like is compelled to do. Yeah, that was strange to me because you'd think she'd be like nervous to not be like, if that was her compulsion to do, to literally poison people, You that surprised me. My favorite part... um, obviously was <laughs> there was kind of a <laughs> side story happening like throughout the whole article mm. that she had like some sort of um barn or shed attached to the house which I don't know about everyone else but my grandma definitely has and so I envisioned this whole story <laughs> at my own grandma's house <laughs> it really brought it home for me <laughs> but they they found like trash cans full of animals like dead animals like her victims trying to try out a new little poison yes kind of obsessed with that i i wish she would have used her um force for good yeah unfortunately she sounded like kind of a 
little apothecary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing about her basement, it's like there were heroin spoons in there. <laughs> it was like hardcore shit. It was a very weird all around place. And I think that's part of why it was like the poisoning thing didn't stand out as much because there was like always weird shit. Yeah, she dyed on. her hair with prune juice yeah. all over that. Can you imagine your hair being the color of prune juice? Can you imagine what it smells like when you get done dyeing it with prunes? <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what that house smelled like. Jesus. Yeah, and it sounded like a hoarder house too. Yeah, it because like everyone that had died, like all of their stuff was still there. So I saw an article the other day about a guy who was blind who was a hoarder. And his son had been living with him, and he thought his son had moved out of the house, but his son had just died, like, among the stuff there. Those are my favorite ones. When and they, it's like, yeah, they were living, they lose it. he was in the house with his dead son, but he just, like, couldn't see anything. And I'm like, Shit. think about the fact that, like, dead bodies reek, yeah. and, like, his son had been there for a long time, dead. Like, they found a skeleton, basically. And, uh... He's like, I don't know. It's just really sad to think about the fact that it's like this guy's hoarding house was like such a mess that the smell of a dead body did not like stand out as there was something extraordinarily wrong here. No, it, it never like, does. I, th- I thought my son moved out. No. <sighs> yeah. Because it, it, it's such a compulsion and it, it, it darks me out so badly when I really think about it because they can't escape it. Um, living in a house, like, cause I watch Hoarders Buried Alive when I'm really feeling frisky, but, um, <laughs> like, and they just have like multiple, mo- like, like maybe 20 dead animal corpses rotting away underneath like shrubble in their house with boxes up to the ceiling. Like how, I mean, I know how you get there. But the reason, the root cause of it is always so much darker than the actual hoarding. And I think that's why it fascinates me. Mm. Like they lost their home in a fire. And so then they have to acquire everything and they can't get rid of it. And it's just so, yeah. How do you not, how how do you not just like run away? It's like just biohazard. Right. (laughs) Like how do they not, how are they not dead? Well, it's like they're creating their own like tomb. Yeah. No, literally. Yeah. Really? Thinking about the, the Munchausen thing, though, it was it made me think about, you know, a little while back I was listening to this podcast about the uh, about the Happy Face Killer. And, like, there's a really... The podcast is, like, hosted by his daughter. And there's this really weird part of it where she starts to, like, put two and two together and realize that when she was a kid and their house burned down, that he was not in the house when it happened. But he responded to it, like, super immediately once his family got out of the fire. And then, like, later they went on a camping trip, and he left food out that, like, caused a bear to come up and, like, try to get into their cabin, and he was not in the cabin while it happened. And so she just, like, started to put together that he had done several, like, bizarre things that seemed like they were scenarios he had set up for his wife and daughter to, like, die just, like, literally laying traps. And, yeah, but, like, not killing them because that would be too obvious. And he, like, didn't want to be, like, arrested, obviously. Just flirting with death and murder. <laughs> but it's something where, like, she didn't, guy. she didn't think about it until he got arrested for the murders he committed. And then when she was, like, 
oh, my dad's actually a serial killer who's, like, murdered a ton of people and, like, was doing it the whole time that he was, like, raising us and living with us. Then she started to think about those events and was like, hey, wait, like, when the house burned down that was like super suspicious it's like why wasn't dad home like in the middle of the night while the house was on fire he was and, just like, sitting in his car across the street like jamming out basically yeah <laughs> and like i don't know Listen there's so much of stuff like that yeah that shit is cool i mean not cool but <laughs> yeah pretty it's, awesome yeah i mean well it's it's interesting it's how, intriguing like the human brain can think this stuff up is why it's intriguing but obviously super bad yeah, and I mean, when it's the case of, like, especially when it's a grandma, it's, like, that's the person that you need to be able to trust. And the whole time in the article, he's, like, but it's your grandma. You don't want to believe that, you know, she's actively feeding you. Like, I mean, he was, like, being sent to the hospital when he was a kid. Yeah. Because no. he would eat, like... <clears throat> well, it caused his wife's miscarriage. Yeah. He, like, he later found out. I mean obviously like it's not confirmed but obviously yeah um not to get into hbo's uh sharp objects written by gillian flynn (laughs) great munchausen story for y'all um it's just so interesting munchausen to me because it's always usually women afflicted with it and i just i find that it's like a caretaker role i find that interesting about it all but yeah yeah, the male version is you set the house on fire while you're outside of it in the middle of the night i hope everyone dies (laughs) You know what? No, we have to celebrate those female heroes for subver- <laughs> subverting those roles. Really bringing, bringing <laughs> us further. <Yeah. laughs> Let's lift up those voices today. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to find... I don't know. There's a couple good details in the article. Uh, well, she was an original Foxfire. <laughs> yeah, which Stan. I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, she does say some things. Like She sounds like she would be cool if it weren't for... She sounds like she was just there, and then something went off the rails, clearly. Well, yeah, and also her parents were like, the story of her parents was extremely dark. He had worked in the mines or something? Yeah, and got tragically hurt, like maimed, basically. But then he just was like, y'all, fam, I'm good. (laughs) He just kind of bounced. (laughs) He was sitting across the street, (laughs) crying with Band-Aids on his face, and like... His wife was like, hey. Sorry, it's so bad. The visual just makes me laugh. <laughs> it's like very, I don't know. <laughs> it's just so intense. It's hard to imagine. But yeah. So she came from total fucking sadness. Wait, I'm trying to find like the actual Foxfire quote that really uh, here. brought it home to me. Um, okay, she said, during times of scarcity, there's a turn to mystical thinking, self-help, and the occult. Yeah. Hero among us. Yeah, honestly. I actually love that. Yeah, that's what they talk about. Like, during, like, in Nazi Germany, there was a huge obsession with. Yeah, so my, yes, uh, I I can speak to that a little bit. I was so there. My, so my sister-in-law, her grandma, her Oma, uh, grew up in Nazi Germany, had everything taken away from her. Um, obviously, so like kind of like similar vibe, but, um, she definitely has that mentality of like self-preservation and like just, we obviously don't have that anymore, but it's, it's fascinating to me. Dark stuff, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Dark stuff. No, that's what it's all about. I do think it's kind of fun though, how they managed to bring Atlantis into race science. (laughs) God damn it. 
Do you want to elaborate or? Oh, well, I mean, just like the, the continuum of races that they had was based on like Madame Blavatsky and like, I don't know. Oh yeah. I remember it's her. like Aryans are also in this hierarchy that involves like the people of Atlantis and like all kinds of, like, I mean, it's like bat shit. It's, it's really wild <laughs> that a bunch of people who are super into this stuff had like as much power as they did. Speak. Truly what? terrifying. No, yeah, truly no. terrifying. Speaking of Atlantis, one of the last things I want to talk about with Grandma, how her son died. Diving? So, okay, so I'm really obsessed with, like, scuba diving accidents gone wrong. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, deep oceans, yeah. mystical to me. Um, I'm both I get that for sure. intrigued and terrified by it at the same time. And, um, yeah, if you want to go into how it happened. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find it. Um, basically, yeah, so his name was Norman. And uh, the writer of the article um, kind of, like, set it up where he was, like, a brat to him, like, growing up. Uh, and one time he walked in and Grandma was, like, screaming at him in front of the oven and threatening <laughs> to burn his dick off <laughs> to burn his dick off uh but he was also like really smart and he like built computers and all those kinds of shit but she was like every time that like someone got on grandma's nerves like soon enough they were exes for eyes um and of course norman was a diver yeah basically norman had a huge expedition one day and he had mistakenly eaten some of his mom's food beforehand felt kind of woozy didn't want to go and i think his friend kind of conjoled him into doing it right and so he went on this dive that fateful day anyway yeah and like there's a whole like he he kind of has this like sick sense of humor and uh whenever he's talking about long island where they lived like i guess people were really uh, casual about safety rules and so whenever he sent up the flag that meant he needed a rescue like it was probably the last thing he saw just like staring up from underwater like no one responding yeah that shit really got me I did not remember that from the I last reading I'm so glad I reread because I know there's so many things stay with me that part it was all grandma for me yeah so these deaths are like really <laughs> really horrifying um I think one of her ex-husbands like drove off a bridge and there was a screwdriver in his dashboard or something. <laughs> yeah. This would be a terrific movie. That's what I was thinking. Why isn't this we should write movie? this script. I know. That's what I was thinking. Like so this is the thing about like what's scary about this is it's like there's not that many cliches or anything. I mean Long Island, I mean a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But I don't know, it's just it's in a weird space between. No, I'd say it'd go, it'd go against a lot of cliches yeah. in the genre. Yeah. See, I thought I thought that the diving accident was going to be. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's like a thing that it happens to a lot of people who are repair divers, like people who do underwater welding and stuff. And it comes from like if you don't pay attention to pressure differentials, you can like get stuck to like a tiny. Uh, a tiny like pipe or something like that. And because it's under constant pressure, 
you cannot physically move yourself away from it. And so it's pretty much just like, even if people kept bringing you air, it's like, it doesn't matter. You're just going to die eventually. Cause I mean, you can't like physically remove yourself from the other space, but it has to do with like, um, going from like high pressure to low pressure areas. And like, you can create a vacuum that's like basically impossible to break. And so like, they have all of these courses like teaching people about how to avoid those situations because it can look like a hole that's like the size of a quarter. But like when you get next to it, you get stuck to it and you cannot be physically removed from it. Um, I've <laughs> gone through some dark holes um, <laughs> on the internet <laughs> and looked up like scuba diving accidents um, as one does. And sure. I think it's called depressurization uh, where basically like the pressure builds up in your body when you go um, too deep for too long. I think obviously there's a more technical term to this, um, but they describe what happens in your body when this happens to be like opening up a can of soda where your insides just <gasps> oh bust my fucking out God. of your body and you're just That's guts so and goo. Metal. And so do not Google this, but there's like a, a, <laughs> a huge subway um, or like deep sea accident, submarine, my bad guys. And all the people had this like depressurization oh happen to them all at once and you could see the remains because um, it was like perfectly preserved. Well, I am going to look it up. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I can't believe there's not a movie made on that because it's yeah. like very, it will stay with me for a No, long that's time. like psychological shit. Yeah, underwater shit is very, there's something about it that. There's something about dying underwater, like deep underwater, not just like uh, yeah. drowning, but like being underwater like that and dying and just knowing you're so screwed. Because if you're like yeah. scuba diving at that le- level, you know all the risks and what exactly is about to happen. That's what freaks me out is they know exactly what's about right. to happen. Just the impending doom. And there's nothing you, you're not supposed to be under there. Like, <laughs> yeah, get you, know, there. you can't, <laughs> you're a land walker. Have you, yeah. guys, have you guys ever seen the movie, the abyss? It was like a sci-fi movie back Sadly, in the day. Yeah. You've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not a particularly good movie, which is probably why like nobody cares about it anymore. But I will say I was a little kid when I first saw it. And there's a point where, because the pressure is, like, so high for this guy to do a dive, he has to use an oxygenated liquid to breathe. And so it's, like, he basically, they, like, put the suit on him, and then he has to, like, drown to convert to, like, breathing this liquid instead. Oh, shit. And it's, like, so his lungs won't collapse when he, like, goes down in the water. Sounds a little bit like Harry Potter with the gillyweed, am I right? <laughs> Sounds exactly like gillyweed. Sorry. No, it, it would be Cedric good if we Tigre. could bring... <laughs> Is he being, like, held? <laughs> He's still in the yeah, in the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> bring him back to life. Okay, should we get a Ouija board and try to talk to Cedric Diggory? <laughs> <laughs> All my Twilight stands. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I always forget about the connection. Yeah, it's it's something I'd like to keep for, forgotten. Did you know, or wait, what am I trying to say? The only thing I remember about Twilight is the scene where it looks like Edward is shitting his pants in the classroom. <laughs> he always looked like that. <laughs> so pained. <laughs> yeah. 
Wait, what about him dating FK Twigs? Like, I'm still not over that. Like, they broke up, clear, obviously, but like, yeah, I'm still, it's a moment of, in time that we must. What was that like? I it what doesn't. Kind of conversations? What did they talk about? I don't know. Yeah, I think about it a lot. Yeah, that's a good one. I I like odd couples. Do you know who she's dating now? Her music, duh. Oh, good. Her new album. I love that for her. <laughs> Just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> She's dating herself. Could be anyone. Yeah, she's probably dating like some spiritual like presence. guru. Or yeah, just oh, a yeah. presence. Just, just a vapor. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think she said something like that recently. Like, I believe to it. her album, she had to be, her, be with herself. Good. It's like Dan Aykroyd in Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else about the grandma story? Uh, whenever she did give their baby scissors, medical scissors, yeah, as a that's present, a take, yeah, not a little baby spoon, yeah, scissors. There's something so uh, subtly insidious about a lot of the things that she did yes. with her own family, yes, that just really gets me. So I'd read it if I were you. I think it's called like my grandma, the poisoner, or something like that from Vice. Yeah, we'll put it on our Twitter. Um, but it's really written well. Like, he does a very good job of, like, unfolding all that shit. I got through an entire class of organic chemistry reading this bad <laughs> bad boy. I didn't realize it was such a long read. Well, yeah, and then after, so I had posted, there's another um, story that I really like that I read recently uh, on the Bitter Southerner website, and it's a haunted house story. And when I read it a few days ago, I was like, damn, this is a good-ass story, and then I reread it after rereading the grandma story, and it just did not hit the same. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just, like, comparatively, like... Not enough people were being poisoned? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There weren't enough grandmas. Uh, it's called We Salted Nanny. Um, and I just... I have a couple, like, little clips from it, just because I like the way that they describe the ghosts. Um, but basically, it's, like, what they do in it, it is, like, a southern story. Um, they move into a house that was... I think literally on native burial grounds. Um, and like the people that used to live there were just like uh, colonial douchebags, like the worst of the worst, just like violent fucks. And uh, of course it's like super haunted. Um, but just like a couple things that were cool about it. Like one of the ghosts like spoke to the wife and her name was Brooke. And when it spoke, its voice had two octaves. Which, like, gotta love that. Here for that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, this monster. So they're waiting for their dog to pee off of the front porch. And it freaks out. And then it says, out of the black of the night, a tan figure advanced. It had bowed legs and no head. It shimmied towards Brooke in a crouch, whipping its long, thin arms like tentacles. Then it receded back into the trees. And then she says, if it weren't so terrifying, it would have been funny. It was dancing as if to get my attention. So yeah, just some weird shit like that. I love that. <laughs> no, it's like... <laughs> They're very bizarre. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the names that they give the ghosts, they're Smokey, Spaghetti Arms, The Spook Parade, Bonnet Lady, Smiley, Buckskin Man, The Upstairs Thing. Uh, and the other cool thing about it is, like, 
the ghosts are always calling to them like individuals and like they get tricked into thinking the other family members are like calling out to them so they keep like separating because they think like someone's upstairs that isn't and so they come to the conclusion that the ghosts are trying to like isolate them from each other does that make sense Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. I kind of um, love that. That okay to bring this back to like uh, reality a little bit. What really is so scary to me when I read like scary stories that's happened to people is when like people are living in their attic. Like people find out that oh, someone's yeah, been living I love in those. Un- like that. I mean, who knows how much are real? But I'm sure some of them are. But oh, it's yeah. just, like terrifying to me that somebody's just like chilling in your attic like coming down at night with the feet i know like oh it just gives me chills yeah to think about like they're just like eating your food like who cares about that but just the fact that you don't know that well yeah there. it's the fact that they're like you're just missing them you know what i mean like the idea of just like the the uh what is the word i'm looking for like the chance that you might run into each other because it, like, is possible that you could walk in. It, well, it is, but the the scary part to me, like, the unsettling part is, like, they've figured out your schedule so yeah, well that they're, they're, good they're at not going to probably run into them for a long time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that, oh, fear <laughs> number one. Well, that's, hate. like, that was, like, that story that came out a little while ago that was, like, the girl, I think she lived in a dorm or something. I don't know. She's, like, a student. And there was someone in her closet wearing her clothes. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. It sounded very similar. But to she reacted read. so maturely because he was like, can I have a hug or whatever? And he was obviously like unwell, but it was also super fucked up. And she was just like, yeah, just one second. And like walked out and like called the cops or whatever. But yeah, I don't even know like what I would do. Just like hearing someone's voice from my closet. And she had known she had been hearing things like it was an ongoing thing. There's a really weird movie that I saw like a while back and I haven't, I've only ever saw it once, but, uh, it was like, there's this girl who at first she's like talking to somebody in her closet and it seems like it's just kind of her like being weird, but it's like a dude who escaped from prison. It was real? No, it's a fictional movie. Oh. Based on a true story. (laughs) They always are. But no, it's like crazy because it starts out with him living in the closet and it's like he makes friends with her mom and then she gets like... That's kind of nice. But like without letting the mom know that he lives in her daughter's closet. It's like super weird. Oh, he he like sees her at the bank. He like like, engineers... Well, he's like stalking (laughs) them all, but he engineers this like crazy scenario where he becomes a family friend and then oh, like wow. is stepped into the role of being like this girl's like stepfather sort Ooh, of. Weird. It's very freaky. What was that movie with Sandra Bullock where she was like the white savior to that troubled oh. <laughs> troubled football player? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like blindside. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sounds like the blindside. <laughs> if, if she was living in his closet. Yeah. It took kind of a sinister turn. Now I would like appreciate a feel good it. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> If she was clearly pro- portrayed as like a predator, <laughs> let's rewrite it. Um, more, more movies should do that because I think that's kind of something that's in the public consciousness now is that we just have to accept that twenty years later every predator is actually a good person who we just misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, Eric's here to advocate for Weinstein <laughs> and Louis. And Louis. forget Louis. Yeah, the whole gang. Smoky spaghetti arms everyone who's been canceled 
I did like, though, recently, uh, I was listening to something, and this guy was talking about how, you know, people like Louis C.K. and stuff were people who he listened to when he was younger, and that's why he got into stand-up, and then he felt really weird now, because a bunch of these people had, like, gone into the realm of being, like, really, like, right-wing, and, like, they punch down all the time, and, like... I don't know, like sexually harass and assault people and like all this stuff. And he was like, yeah, it took me a while to realize that the reason they're successful and the reason I'm not is because I want to make jokes that are like based on my principles and things I believe in and like taking on targets that I think are acceptable where these people made it big because they were attacking the easy targets of the time. And so when the easy targets changed, they just changed who they were like going after and so a bunch of their old fans think they suck now and they were just like well it's way easier to just be like uncomfortable about everything new and have all of your material just be like oh wow people want like basic human dignity what a bunch of assholes i can't joke about rape anymore are you kidding me (laughs) i love how like incense so many like older male comedics are about that it's just like you guys thought that was funny in 1976 yeah, if, yeah, fuck? If, yeah. If your humor is all on like shock value, like let's uh, let's let's look within, guys. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> well, I think we can lay grandma to rest. And uh, nanny, nanny was the name of the haunted house. They salted it before they left. Like they did a ritual, a binding ritual, and like there's a whole part about when they're driving away, they can see like a figure. Uh, through the windows, like, pacing around ang- angrily. Oh, God. But then they never saw it again. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but recently somebody I know was telling me a story about how uh, he had some sort of weird influence in his house, and uh, he never, like, actually saw anything, but it was like he had a distinct impression of there being some sort of entity there. And he got this guy that's a mutual acquaintance of ours, who is sort of an in-touch-with-the-spiritual-world kind of guy. And he, like, went there to remove the spirits from the house. And uh, it's very interesting, because it's not, like, Catholic-style, like, uh, like a Catholic-style exorcism or something, where it's, like, a lot of, you know, chanting in Latin and, like, intense sort of, like, demons be gone. It's like, this guy goes to houses, and he's like, hey, you know, I know you're confused, but this lifetime is over and you need to go like sympathetic. Yeah. He's like, you know, you need to go because uh, you like scare the people who are here now. And it's like your time to go be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. He's very much like, yeah, he's like, anybody can do it. You just need to like relate to them and be nice and like help them move on. Cause they don't want to be stuck there either. It's like really uncomfortable for them because you're like, living in their house, bringing out all of their painful memories and stuff. And they're like retaliating against you because they don't know what to do. I think he also throws some rice around and stuff. (laughs) I like that approach. That's very compassionate. The the dude's actually like, he's, he's a cool guy. It's, you know. Yeah. But what do you do if there, aren't there such things as like malicious spirits? Well, first of all, this guy is like coming from a, from like a Buddhist standpoint. So like, yeah, but the thing is like spirits are malicious for, the reasons like they don't understand what's suffering. Like they don't understand basically the situation that they're now living in because they died suddenly and they're like still in their house, but other people live there and like ignore them and put their own stuff there Uh and like ruin their things. So it's like, 
what he's trying to do, I guess, is like be able to help them understand what the situation is by like talking to them. I see. But it, you know, it it goes to the to, <laughs> to the belief that a lot of us like to have that it's like ninety nine percent of people are totally reasonable if you can just like talk to them a little bit. And yeah. Like, but yeah. I like the idea of just like keeping the ghost and talking to it, like keeping it company. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I mean, some might argue like when people fight against it, like that's when it becomes malevolent, right? A little bit. I kind of like that. I guess like people way. talk about poltergeists, like just always being more like mischievous and like kind of seeking attention rather than trying to like hurt people. Yeah, and like I could see just making friends. Ghosts, just just do that with me. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, don't get too weird. In the future, I'll accept you. It's fine. I I like a little weird. I mean, don't try to kill me weird. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an evil witch. Wow. So worth it. Wow, that was worth it. Okay. <laughs> Is yeah, that spooky? The, the cable just kind of yeah, <laughs> it happens. What do you feel about your first sound effect? Honestly, I forgot about them till now, and I'm so happy. Yeah, that this, was an evil witch. You can tell that Tim's not here because we went a really long time without <laughs> a nonsensical like interruption of somebody talking <laughs> with a sound drop. I know. I can do anything that I want, and so can you. Good. Did it's everyone good. just get triggered? Yeah. <laughs> I showed my mom that movie when I was in high school. I was like, look at this cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> of course. It's <laughs> like, okay, well, I'm going to do something else now. <laughs> like, Me, when I try to show my mom like weird movies and she, <laughs> she sits through the whole thing and she'll just be like, Jessica, you're sick. <laughs> you're a sick person. What enjoyment do you get out of this? Have you guys ever seen the sequel? No, but can I say, there was a website that was like supposed to be a fall, like, it was a tie into the movie. Yeah, tie into the movie. And it was like lots of weird, like, it was like you were solving the mystery of like the flight. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It had the time travel book that um, the old lady wrote. Yeah. As like part of the website, I think. Yeah. I used to do that. I didn't see the second one, though. I forget that there was one. The second one was really funny, just like to the degree that I watched it just out of curiosity because I didn't even know it existed until like way later. Yeah. Um, it's a real train wreck, first of all. Um, his little sister is the main character. <laughs> oh, and, uh... Was she weird like him? Of course. Um, she's weird in ways that make no sense based on who she was in the first movie. It's like the character is totally different. But anyway, um, that movie, I think, really put in perspective for a lot of people that it was a total accident that the first movie was, like, a cult film. That, like, people people thought there was, like, something behind it. The second one really showed that it was, like, this guy never had a complete story in his mind. There were just so many pieces missing that it seemed like he was, like, doing, like, a Tolkien thing or something where he, like, had an elaborate world that he had built somewhere. There's <laughs> <Just> nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The opposite is true for me about, uh, is it Arya Aster? Yeah. With Okay, Hereditary didn't do it for me, guys. Um, and I know that that's hurts. a hot take. Uh, it's a hot take, okay? I wish it would have been Paymon all like the entire like breakfast, lunch, and dinner of the movie. You said what? The Paymon, like the was that the name? Oh, the of yeah, the evil yeah, yeah, demon, the demon. Whatever. Yeah, 
I needed I mean, more I, of that. I the ritualistic that. stuff at the end. I needed I needed more of that. And I get people was like, oh, the subtlety is beautiful, family trauma, <laughs> blah blah so blah. Mad. Listen. She's so mad. I'll watch the Sopranos if I want that. <laughs> <laughs> like I needed more like demon in the cabin stuff. I don't know. Okay. That's fair. But I did I at the summer, end so. I was kind of like I would watch like, I was, like another I'm hour of this. Like you just this. got to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also didn't watch it when it came out, so I think that probably ruined the lore for me a little bit. Tony Collette, though. <laughs> Give her every role. Her performance. Yeah. I mean, I was, like, screaming. There was a scene where I wanted to watch it, like, a couple of times just because of, like, one eyebrow quirk that she did at her son at the table. Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say, like, Midsummer was a spiritual experience versus Hereditary. Which I wanted to watch Hereditary again, but... I need to watch it again, knowing what I know now after Midsummer it truly changed yeah. me. Does anyone else get Felicity Huffman and uh, Tony Collette confused? Because I do. I get Tony Collette confused with another lady, uh, and I can't remember her name. Hmm. But not Felicity Huffman. I don't know who that is. Justice for Felicity Huff- Huffman. She just got out of uh, jail for wrongfully paying for her kid to get into. Oh, MSC. that's right. Yeah. She looked like she had her um, jail outfit tailored, which I really respect. Oh, damn. That's a good way to go. Yeah. I would wear a Beetlejuice um, suit. (laughs) See, my goal in life is I want to commit some sort of, like, crazy financial crime where I end up getting to, like, retire to the prison, like, the one that Martha Stewart was in where you get to go horse riding and stuff. Yeah. That's my goal, though. So I got to commit a lot of financial crime so that I get rich and then get caught for the financial crime afterwards. But they'll be like, oh, he's rich, so we can't treat him like crap. Yeah, but I would get transferred to like, I would have like a chill rehab experience like in Malibu, but then I'd get transferred to like maximum security, like from not of my own fault. And that and that's my biggest fear is like going to prison, maybe. Yeah, probably prison for like something you didn't commit. Uh, I could t- every time I go through the airport, I think like, do I have drugs on me? And yeah. like, I just, every time I just think something's going to happen. Francis McDormand is the one I confused with Tony Collette. Oh, different energies, Rachel. I know. Could never, not for me, Francis. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I could see it though. I mean, yeah. See? Yes. Francis doesn't give a fuck. I watched Orange and the, is the New Black and it made me want to go to jail. I was like, look at how, uh, all these cool characters. That was your take? No. (laughs) (laughs) I watched Orange is the New Black and I was like, what is wrong with everyone? This sucks. (laughs) Hot take. (laughs) Uh, Basically, my judge of like... Laverne Cooks. Of taste is usually like if my aunt enjoys something, I'm like, (laughs) it's not for me. (laughs) Yeah, Orange is the New Black. I have a lot of feelings about it. The first couple seasons are great. I'll give it that. And then it just really went off the rails for me. Yeah, yeah. I think if anybody likes something, I just don't like it anymore. Yeah, it does. I no, want to be the first. True. It's so yeah. stupid of me. Just me by myself. I've seen many strange things already. Bloody wolves chasing me through some blue inferno. Do you recognize that? It's from... Uh, <laughs> oh, I do. You do? It's when Keanu Reeves was in Dracula, and his <laughs> accent was like... That was his British accent, yeah. Yeah, which I love him, but my God. There's Keanu, a whole video of all of his a, lines. Keanu Reeves is a real one, but his British accent <laughs> is something that I think even he would... He says, Inferno. <laughs> 
It's super weird. Like, I'm not really sure what region he's supposed to be from. No, there's it's no, very, it's not, like, like, any kind of choice. So I have a theory. I think that, like, when, and I don't know if this is true for him, but I think when male actors go dark for a long time, I think that they just got hair plugs. And so when you see men oh. and you're like, they look so great. Like, I think they just got hair plugs a lot of times, like, when they're not in a role for two years. What does hair plugs mean? What is it actually like? It's like when physically? men and maybe women too. I th- I'm sure women get it too. It's like when you, you know, the receding hairline yeah. and then you graft skin either like in by the literal each follicle or they take off a slab and then it looks like um, a farm next to it where people are taking out your follicle, individual <laughs> follicles, and then they put it back uh, wherever you're needing hair. Wow. It's okay. dark. <laughs> Do you remember it's this? dark stuff. Return what? the slab. Huh? You remember this? Return the slab. No. What? It's from Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> After you deep said slab, down, I couldn't stop thinking. Deep down in the memory banks <laughs> for me. Loved Courage. It's always on the forefront of my mind. Um, you think Kiana has hair plugs? I guess I don't know what they usually look I like. I just don't know what he's been up to. So well, I mean, Well, he's had like that. sad life. What? What? Kiana? Yeah. He had a bunch of sad stuff happen to him, like, in a row. I think he's kind of, like... Well, and also, because he's immortal, he's had to see everyone he loves die so many times. I mean, he actually did, though, see that when he was younger. Like, in a big way. But that's not... Um, that's not scary. That's just sad. We should talk about something scary. But there is the there is the picture of the guy. You can find it on the internet that uh, looks like Keanu Reeves. That's from, like, the 19th century. And people were just like, this is the proof that he's saw, he's immortal. That. Yeah, they found one with Pharrell, too. It's incredible. I think the truth is that, like, there just aren't that many people types. And so no, a lot you, of people yeah. all just, like, look the same. Yeah. You can always find somebody, like, from an old picture that looks like somebody. I want to see mine. I tried to do that, like, app that shows you a painting or whatever that looks like you. I can't ever find... I don't know what the proportion situation is but i can never find people that look like me really and the only time i found like a doppelganger if you will was an ad in fossil <laughs> and it really <laughs> triggered me that that was where i found the uh, other jessica can i say wait did i tell you that i had an ex that said i look like tom petty <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean i've been i've been called Anne frank which i don't understand really? but that's a yeah, weird one i mean it's, why do people uh, uh, it's it's just i don't know I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, one could say I have Jewish features. I'm sure, not. but there are a lot of Jewish people that aren't <laughs> Anne Frank. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm under I the call myself that. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Okay. You're like, I some don't... people have said. Uh... <laughs> I mean, at least they didn't say you like look like Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, like I see that picture of him and his girlfriend from high school like every day now on Twitter. Oh, the Jerry Seinfeld one. Yeah, that's because he literally went and picked her up for a date. From I know, her high but school, it's like so like the <laughs> most ridiculous shit. Uh, okay, <laughs> should we talk about Purple Church or sleep paralysis? Let's do sleep paralysis and round it off with the with the church. Okay. Yeah. Well. I've had sleep paralysis. There was a time when I lived, it was a specific house that I lived at where I had never had it before. And then for a while it was like an ongoing thing and then it stopped. 
but it ended with like a weirdly good sleep paralysis where it was like you know how sometimes like it'll be like a group of beings watching you whenever the last one happened it was like a band like one person after another was coming in with instruments oh yeah i know and it was still like eerie and i couldn't move but kind of a fun journey yeah no i always think about that but after that it's like i sleep on my stomach huh because most of them were terrifying I've had sleep paralysis for like a really long time and I don't, I don't know if it manifested itself. Like I had weird dreams like that when I was like a kid, but it didn't become like the, um, actual sleep paralysis that you would read about until maybe college. I think, I think mine was like stress induced personally. Um, but yeah, like I felt like I couldn't move for like the entire night and there's mine was always like one figure dark figure up in the corner it was either up in the corner or in the doorway which both were weird because i thought the corner was gonna fly at me or the doorway i couldn't get out yeah and um and then i read this like this trick that you can do where um you try to like move your fingers like really and it just kind of takes your head out of it a little bit like where you try to like move part of your body in the dream if you will And then usually that kind of works. And I think that kind of fixed it for me because then I was like not so freaked out because it, man, that stuff's scary. I don't know. And then uh, some of them, it would feel like something was like on my chest. Right. Like, and then I like started reading about it and those were like all the telltale signs of it. Yeah. But sleep paralysis is wild how many people have it and they all have the same sort of That's what I love about it is like their journey types of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, like I had... Yeah, I always had, like, a group of things, like, like, watching. Yeah, and, like, I, me, my fingers moving was, like, making sound. Like, so it would be me struggling to, like, speak or just, like, uh, like, make it. So usually I would wake myself up with, like, really bizarre sounds because it's, like, you're half asleep. That's a good idea. But um, my husband said I'd say, like, really weird shit. Oh. (laughs) And I never knew I talked in my sleep so bad until he told me. Like what? Like, he said I'd have, like, actual conversation. It's weird because, like, you're scared, right, when you're having sleep paralysis. But he said I'd be talking to myself kind of laughing. Whoa. So I was like, that's, like... whoa <laughs> there's a lot of layers to that <laughs> that we could go down but i was just like yeah well i'll get it later haha <laughs> like just like just and he was like what are That's you talking amazing. about jess and i was like and i was asleep <laughs> but anyway and then i started uh sleepwalking which Shit. like i want a second floor apartment it's kind of scary um because i would like get up and stuff whoa. and he'd just have to like have me fumble back to bed but <laughs> it, it really started morphing into something and then i just kind of i don't know I think I just wasn't stressed anymore or something. I think it was like I had really bad anxiety when it was happening. Yeah. No, I definitely did. Um, And then I just kind of chilled out. I don't know. Maybe we did it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe go away. <laughs> yeah. It is a cure-all. Honestly, that kind of that kind of <laughs> checks. <laughs> anyway. Hey, one more reason. Weed smoke. saves lives. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody put it on the doctor. These are my symptoms poster. Yeah. <laughs> Super else's. <laughs> Uh, the shadow people come see me doc but can i say the one thing about that apartment and eric was living there for a while too oh it was that apartment yeah oh okay wow can i talk about it because i feel like there were some legit vibes there and when i first moved in i was living there by myself and i was like still kind of into like occulty stuff so i made this like for a house like protection thing love like little bottle 
And so I just put it in there. Oh, is that why you have so many spray bottles in your <laughs> in your place? Okay. We have to address this. I do have three spray bottles up mounted above my sink and uh they are different colors. I call them the Powerpuff Girls cuz it's like green and blue and purple. No, Rachel is grandma now. I'm convinced. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Don't look too closely anything. at that moon milk, but uh <laughs> Mine has like a bunch of powder on the bottom. Oh, yeah, and I mean, I'm, so feeling, I'm not really like, sure I'm about kind of weird over here. Don't worry about it. Just, just stay the night. Sleep for 36 stay hours after this. That's what she'd always say. Just stay the night. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. So I had that little bottle, and like it was a very chill apartment. It was a duplex, and then uh, whenever Eric moved in, I was like, "Oh, I don't want him to see this. This is a weird thing." So I threw it away, and then shit started happening. Oh, my God. Like, all these, like, people started moving in that were, like, clearly something was up with them. Like, I would have people knocking on my door drunk and, like, falling against the door and sliding down. Like, he was there once for that. Yeah, one guy, like, fell down half of the stairs. Yeah, it was, like, out of nowhere. All this shit. And, uh, you know, guys that would, like, knock on my door and be like, who was it that just visited you? Was that your brother? You know, oh. someone I had never talked to. Yeah, just weird shit. And I'm like, what's going on? And then when Eric was there, it was like a full trailer pulled up and like plugged its, was like using our power. Okay, There was so like the- a full cord like going from our front porch lights to this trailer. Oh. And like, they were like setting, it was like, they must have been. They He got one of the bulbs that, have you ever seen a bulb that has uh, like a power outlet on the side of it? Yes. He plugged one of those in in place of the old bulb and then had a extension cord <laughs> from like, that going into this trailer. Yeah, and just like so blatantly. Yeah. And like he would just like put like old stereos like on the patio and stuff like that. I don't know. It was just like, why? Like, what is going on? And uh, we then we got bed bugs. Oh, that's truly a scary That was, the, that end, shit that was is... the end of it. <laughs> that was the end of it right there. Well, I mean, living with bed bugs, it's like it makes you crazy because you can't sleep. And, like, everything, you're, like, afraid of every... Oh, then we got cockroaches, too. Like, everything at once. It was just, like, I was manic all the time. I still believe that it was that neighbor downstairs. Because, like, if you saw this guy, he was a freaky dude. Yeah, he was freaky. Mm -hmm. He would just, like, stare at you. And, like, someone hit my car one time, too, that was, like, his friend and just, like, drunkenly walked past me. Oh, God. But, yeah, so we got bedbugs, and that was, like, a really weird state to be in. And then one time Eric was gone... And I was already feeling weird because, like, you're boxing up all your stuff because we were getting ready to move. And so I was, like, I had all this stuff in boxes and I was, like, feeling crazy because we were, like, needing to leave but we didn't know where we were going to go. And, uh, like, not sleeping and you couldn't, like, sit down on the couch because it was, like, had bugs. Yeah. And uh, I had this weird feeling and I was, like, I'm just going to go outside. And I went outside and I didn't have my glasses on. And there was a guy fighting with something on the street. He was, like, yelling at it. And then I saw it was a snake. The fuck? Like, on 17th Street, off of Broadway. And then he that- ran over it with, with a truck. And I was, like, screaming the whole time. I was like, don't! Oh, my God. I know. Can you- What the fuck? Wait, but I want to back up. Shit? I want to back up. He was fighting with a snake in the road. And then he got in a truck. He got into a truck and, be- and rolled and over it. drove over it. Yeah. And then I was just, I, I had was like, like a religious, like maybe ritual. No, it was just like okay. straight up. Wow. And maybe yeah. it was for the dark Lord. And then I was like, I was like, Oh shit. It was just like one of those like crazy fucking nights where you're like, it 
the vibes are too much. And then, yeah, that night I was going to sleep and all the hangers look like a giant roach in the hallway. It's like I had a bunch of hangers. No. And it looked like a giant bug. No. That was my most haunting story. Hmm. It was like That's one of those nights night. where it's like, it just felt like everything at once was just so like, I don't know, something. It's a little Kubrick. It felt like Kubrick. A little bit. Um, yeah, now you're reminding me, whenever I was having that weird sleep paralysis, like the same corner that I always saw the dark figure, I had a scorpion come through one night, like before I went to bed and I didn't know it was a scorpion because it was like rolled up. I thought it was just like a Wait, bug. it was real? Yeah. And so I went to, cause it was like a new apartment. So uh, I'm sure like yeah. new development and, um, I went to like hit it with like, sorry guys. I went to kill it with a, <laughs> with a shoe and then it like opened up and, oh. and revealed itself to be a scorpion. It was like animorph style. <laughs> and I like lost my shit. Um, like you don't want to see a scorpion above your head, like about no. to fall on your face. Oh and I just God. like, <laughs> just like, uh, spider monkeyed out. <laughs> like my body made like an X and I just like dove away. <laughs> Onto my bed, like hoping it you're didn't both like me. doing your defensive <laughs> shit at each other, <laughs> just, yeah, like, just like taking <laughs> your stance. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Okay, so but yeah, that was a, the reason I told it. I was like, that was a house where I was having sleep paralysis. Like I feel like that place was just like fucked up. It was it an old building. House, yeah. yeah, but like Jessica wrote a paper about sleep paralysis. I sure did. Do you remember anything about it? <clears throat> yeah, I do. So. I never know when I go on a on a journey like this <laughs> if I'm like really off center or not. But it was like I think it was like psychology class, so I was like anything goes. So I was like truly just using it to my own like researching stuff that I liked, hoping that it somehow fit what we were supposed to be talking about. So I did a huge research paper over sleep paralysis, and there's a lot of ties in different cultures that really line up of like of all the same sort of folklore surrounding it i mean all of them have their own different take i guess but one of the major ones was um i think from spain in the 1800s is kind of when it took effect with it but people um their story was about how a person um, would lay on your chest if something if you had like a, a spirit within you that needed to come out like that was your sleep paralysis it was called like the body or something like that that would like weigh on a person mm-hmm. um but yeah so that one was like probably the most interesting to me just to see it in so so many different yeah cultures talking about the same thing um it's, it's definitely not like a new occurrence that's come like <laughs> slender man or something like that <laughs> justice for him um but yeah um sleep paralysis just messes with me because it seems like ever, a lot of people have had it from a time hopefully it goes away um but it, it's interesting to me how it's all kind of the same sort of story the yeah. same sort of dream if you will yeah exactly no, I do love that. That's why, yeah, because I watched a documentary about it, and it was the same thing. It was everybody, like, it was people who had never had it go away. And you yeah, could see it terrifying. in their faces that they were just, like, fucking tortured. Like, there was one guy who had, he kept buying TVs because, like, he would, tr- he realized that the static helped him a little bit, but then he would get used to it. And so, so he would he'd buy, buy another, more TVs? And he had a wall. <laughs> I mean, he w- he looked like he was, like... <laughs> 
It was freaky. I mean, like, he had basically, he claimed that he had, like, never had a good night's sleep. Yeah. Basically, like, I mean, he would get, he would, like, eventually pass out. I wonder if he would kind of hallucinate after a while, like, not get right. oh, Guaranteed. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's a cycle of just, like. Jesus. I know. That's interesting to me. People that have that disorder where you can't get into REM sleep, your REM cycle. That's oh. trippy. That's, like, torture. Yeah. That's how you, like, process thoughts and everything. What but even state would you be in, like, maybe, in your day-to-day, like... Maybe grandma. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she just, like, doesn't even... She just cries instead of sleeping. <laughs> Her poison tears in the food. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I do have to say, like, one of the cool things they found in her basement, which I say cool. Um, well. It was that, like, vial of red liquid that they, it was, like, sealed, and they sent it to, like, see what it was, and they were like, you need to bring this to a poison control center. Yeah. Like, and you that, never said what it, what it was. How did she, okay, so the, the very end of the story, I can't quite piece together in my mind. Um, she had given a new, the person that wrote it, his first child, she had given the child, like, beets or something and said it was healthy for them. Oh, yeah. And he looked it up and he found out that all of those cans of beets were recalled. Right. How did she acquire, like, specifically recalled food? It's just interesting to me that she was probably, like, looking it up and, oh, yeah. and going wherever she needed to go to get it because she kind of got her vision got so bad. Yeah. But... It did say that she was, run like... Run towards the recalled food. I know. Run towards it. Yeah, it's, like... It, the weird thing is, like, a lot of the stuff sh- she disguises as, as, like, nutritional or whatever. So you could see at least, like, justifying that in your own head where you're, like, no, this is, like... Even though, like, say, vitamin A is actually, like, gonna cause all the shit, like, nausea and whatnot. But, like, you could at least imagine, like, telling yourself, like, no, it's good for you. You need vitamins. Yeah. But, like, when it's to the extent of, like... Yeah, it's like a uh, mega dose of something. Anything yeah. can cause terrible effects. My husband's a dietitian. Is he really just like poisoning me? Is that the long? <laughs> yeah, call? he gives you like huge lunches too. <laughs> no, he does. <laughs> it's his kink. He gives me like such large <laughs> meals. Like I, I like hurts my back. No, I'm just kidding. Like carrying it up the stairs. <laughs> I know, and I love how it's like every day you're like, I told him not to give me this much. It's like the next time it's like even more. <laughs> it's like an entire like crock pot. A different coworker like got, was picking up my lunch for me or something one time out of the fridge because I'm lazy. And he was like, Jesus Christ, what's in here? <laughs> it was like, oh, everything's in glass. Like that adds weight. But he was like, still, this is like 20 pounds of food. Honestly, maybe I'm Trying I'm to blame grandma. it on the container. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i it's me that moment when you realize you're grandma but all these people that are so obsessed with like supplements and I like know. vitamins to cure everything i'm always like are you gonna tetradose yourself and die Dude. like because that's like a very real thing like you can't mix specific vitamins and minerals yeah. together and even like f- the food that you're eating like if you're eating like really strange diets like that mm-hmm. i always wonder like are you causing harm overall and and obviously they're not regulated by the fda um that's my soapbox of the day <laughs> but uh with supplements so i'm always like what are people doing to themselves no, that's really yeah but point. i mean do you really want a regulatory body <laughs> having any discretion over what you eat don't touch my food 
Well, but usually people the store that are obsessed with supplements, though, go so hard for it that they no, have, true. like, drawers and drawers full of it. Yeah. And it's just, like, why are you spending so much money? Well, yeah, when it's at that point, too, it's, like, you're at an unhealthy Give me place. Give creatine your... or this workout <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite genre of usually male. <laughs> I know. Well, I see stuff about like post-workout or whatever it's called. Yeah. Like that oh, shit. it's, it's a culture, man. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that anything like the giant, like the big containers of like whey protein whey. that like people, Yeah, I just don't get that. I don't either. Like it's, <laughs> I just don't get it. It's something to it bulks you as far as I'm concerned in the wrong way. First of all, That's like it's I've not, heard actually like lean muscle that you want it's just like all like bulk mass um so it's not anyway so it's not like truly helping you like gain muscle it's just like your muscles are bubbles that someone could pop (sighs) pretty much yeah Yeah. but um i'm obsessed with that kind of person because like my background's in nutrition and like people always try to like talk to me about like what they're doing and i don't care what you're doing uh, ever for people <laughs> but the people that are doing the weirdest shit talk the loudest obviously and i'm just always like well yeah and sometimes it's like sociopathic where you're like oh you do not need to be policing your shit like this oh yeah like ha- i mean a lot not half the time but a lot of times it's like kind of eating disorder territory yeah. where people are taking it like i'm just like jesus christ how much time do you spend right wait i want to talk about my diet with you now that i know this <laughs> oh god <laughs> Moon milk? Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? (laughs) So I basically just eat, like, pasta with ground-up quartz in it. And I've heard that quartz has healing properties, so I've just been making a fine powder of it that I enjoy. Are you serious? I'm obsessed. You eat spaghetti and crystals. So since you're ingesting so much crystals, do you just, like, charge yourself out in the full (laughs) moonlight? Like, let me charge my damn crystal blood. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Ladies actually heal themselves with him. He'll just go to, like, a healing session and, like, lay hands. How are you grinding it up? Are you being serious? <laughs> I just use a rock hammer. I thought you went to school for this, Jessica. You don't know about... Yeah, you I don't know you could buy... You never ingested ground quartz? No. <laughs> are you guys fucking with me? Yes. Okay, so I was like, I don't know. It's my first time meeting him, so I just was like, man, I don't know. I just like spaghetti noodles <laughs> and ground quartz. <laughs> Uh, do you have any scary things oh okay eric had an urban legend you know about love okay well um uh you know i don't know it's uh yeah i'll tell it don't get nervous (laughs) he's getting a flop sweat (laughs) well it's one of those um you know there isn't like a lot of detail to it but it, it was a story that i used to hear in norman And nobody could ever point to when this happened. It always happened, like, you know, a few years ago. But the campus corner area is kind of, like, there's a bunch of restaurants and bars. And that's, like, where all the, the, like, people in fraternities and sororities and stuff go to party. And, like, on game days, it's, like, a really wild sort of area and stuff. But it's kind of, like, you know, uh, maybe, like, three streets running parallel for about a block. And then on the sides of it, there's all of these, like, small alleys and stuff. Just, like, dumpsters and alleys. And, like, they back up to, like, apartments and houses and all kinds of stuff like that. And there aren't really streetlights and stuff, so they're pretty dark. And I know that people would say uh, to be careful walking home. Because, like, I would work late, so I would get off work at, like, 2 in the morning. 
and I would have to walk back through that area. And people would say, well, be careful because several years back, um, there was this guy who was in one of those alleys and a student was walking back and they saw the guy <clears throat> and he was standing behind a dumpster and he said, Hey, do you have a cigarette? And the person was just like, no, sorry, I don't. And the dude comes out from behind the dumpster and he's totally naked and is holding an ax. And he chased this kid down and like hit them with the ax to like kill them, decapitated them and threw the body in the dumpster that he'd been hanging out by. Now, nobody has ever, like, I've never found it corroborated anywhere because I, like, tried to find out if <laughs> when this happened or, like... like doing personal interviews. Yeah. <laughs> He's a true detective. <laughs> but, but yeah, that was, that was a story. And I heard it from several different people like, at different weird. times. I love that. It is so much scarier that he was naked. Am I wrong? Such an impulse thing. I mean, I really when people do that. Yeah. The scariest one to me is still, and I mean, I know that's a real one, but like I think about it all the time is, uh, BTK. Oh, I, I grew up when BTK was happening, um, in Wichita. Uh huh. And we had the same fucking alarm system. My mom got an alarm system because my dad traveled every single week, like, out of state, and so it was just her and us, and um, she got an alarm system because everyone was so freaked out. It was the same alarm company that he worked for. (laughs) Ironically enough, we found out. That's so good. um, BTK is chilling as fuck. Uh, Yeah, honestly, the thing that freaks me out the most is it's, like, it's not, like, some crazy, like, Night Stalker shit or something. It's just the him explaining, I have a sexual problem, and it's, like, this is the beginning of the speech that ends with you like dead. <laughs> it's him, him introducing his sexual problem to you to explain why he's in your house right now. What if it was that, but he was a furry? Maybe the furry community could have saved him. <laughs> saved you know, me. how many lives? <laughs> okay. <laughs> furry on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm waiting for her to sneeze a million times. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't really know any local ones. There also was a guy who who had a uh, katana that he got, um, probably a mall ninja, and uh, he got caught decapitating ducks at the duck pond. Oh, he was going out there and just like chopping their heads off with a katana <sighs> at night. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, just a weirdo. And just, like, leaving their bodies there? Yeah, I mean, he was just killing them. <laughs> oh, okay. It wasn't like he was, like, eating Is that what something. Untitled Goose Game is? <laughs> well, there was another incident later where somebody actually was killing them because he just, like, t- he was, like, poor as shit and was a student, and he was, like, an international student. And so he was just, like, there are a bunch of ducks running around outside. It's, like, ducks are a menace, and, like, surely... Nobody's going to miss a couple of them, and, like, mm. ducks are good food. So, I mean, he was catching them and eating them. Yeah, honestly, puts it in perspective. Um, I just went on vacation, and I and I read a real real light read called Chase Darkness With Me by oh. Billy Jensen, such a hero, um, where he's, like, helped solve all these cases, like, starting as an investigative reporter. Um, I think in the 80s or 90s or something like that. He's been doing it a long time. Um, but he helped solve... Uh, 
the Golden State Killer case. God, it was such a crazy thing that he did. So it's like one of the most prolific um, serial rapists and murders of our time. Look it up. Um, the, it finally got solved a couple years ago in 2016. I watched the live um, recording of it on the news um, at work. Actually, it was such a big deal. <laughs> we had a couple other coworkers like, I'm not missing this, guys. You had a Google alert. We had to watch the police announcement about it. Yeah, it's like, I, I've been on this for a long time, been obsessed. Um, but the things that he did were chilling, like BTK killer and the way that he like understood the psyche of someone that he was about to like kill. Um, he was like a ex police force person, I think for a while. Yeah. He was like uh, the earlier stuff where he was supposedly just a burglar. Yep. Uh, he was doing those while he was on his shift working for the police department. Like he was supposed to be patrolling and he was just breaking into houses. Like, insane. But the fact that he would buy like a dog repellent, which like, does that even work? Um, but to make sure the dogs like couldn't smell them in these neighborhoods and he would scout these neighborhoods out that he wanted to go to like weeks or days before he even did it, which is so weird to me. But the chilling part is after he would like defile the women, like right in front of the husband or boyfriend or what have you, um, and have them sit there for that. They'd think that he would left leave and he would stay in the house for hours and like make sandwiches and stuff. It was just insane i just never hear of people doing that usually they kill the person and leave right like it's just like chilling to me that's a whole other level of like like just fucking with total yeah like Like, total distance from the situation or any of its consequences yeah if you lived through that like you would never be right no just because it's in your house and then like and and then in front like it just yeah one of the i know one of the victims like who it wasn't somebody who was murdered. Like, I mean, she survived, but, uh, she was like blindfolded and like told to stay there Yeah, and thought that he had left yeah. and like started to move. And he came back and was like, I told you not to fucking move. Well, he, and yeah. And like, it had been like a long time and like, yeah, he had like gone in the kitchen and like made a sandwich and like ate a sandwich and then like came back and talked to her some more and then like went back inside and like, Um, well, I read that he would stack, um, plates, which is like kind of genius on the back of women. Um, so that if they made any sudden movement, he'd hear that. And then he'd always keep like the boyfriend or husband, um, like close enough. So they would have to like be there for all of it and just like sit there for it. It was just like crazy. He was not there to, like, kill and leave. Like, his, he got his rocks off, like, torturing yeah. and, like, messing with people. Now, I don't even think it was about the kill, necessarily. Like, that was what was so crazy to me about that whole journey. I've read a couple books about it because <laughs> I've just been, like, this guy is, like... The fact that he spaced them out with decades not getting caught just, like, blows my mind. It's crazy. But... Anyway, he kind of reminded me of the BTK killer a little bit. Well, like, there's some crazy stuff, though, about, like, things that happened that, like, you would think would be huge red flags, like, where he was just, like, super violent. And, like, there was a deal, like, when he got fired for stealing while he was a police officer, where he, like, called and threatened the family of the chief that he, like, worked for. And, like, the guy's response was, like, 
yeah, I feel really sorry for him. He's like in a bad place and he's like losing his job. So he's just like lashing out. I guess maybe cops are more used to like aggro. Cops are more used to having each other threaten to kill you because they're all a bunch of violent nut jobs. I have police in my family. I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) We talking about Purple Church? (laughs) Yeah. Are you ready? Are you guys ready? (laughs) Has anyone heard about it? Have you heard about Purple Church? No. Okay, so um, I heard about this like in middle school, I think. So it had been around for a while. Um, and it was kind of like before my time. But people always talked about like getting a, a car together and us going to this Purple Church. Um, but basically, I think it's in the middle of nowhere near Spencer. Okay. Um, sadly, never been. And um, it's in some sort of private property which is like scary in itself to get to because people have said that um landowners in that area will like come out with their shotgun and like tell you to leave so it's hard to get there anyway but basically it's in like a a storm drain or something like that in the ground um and you go inside of it and there's all these um satanic like ritualistic signs like graffitied all over um, on the concrete, um, like pentagrams, like all that stuff. And people have said, we don't know what's true and what's not, but people have said they found like dead, um, sheep and things like that, um, near the entrance of it and like dead dogs scattered about, like thinking that people have done sacrifices or things like that at the purple church. I still don't know why it's really called that. Um, but it was kind of like a movement, um, probably in the probably early two thousands for people like teenagers to go up there and look at the purple church. Um, and so I remember in middle school, I was looking up like, uh, video footage of people going. Yeah. It's, it's so like remote where it is. So I think half of the lore is like, it's just scary as shit to go there. Um, but if you see pictures in the daytime, it doesn't really look that insidious. Or yeah, <laughs> I did watch a video it, it, that they filmed in the daytime, which like, you're right. Like the article it's about it was like, mi- what'd you say? It looks kind of peaceful in the daytime. Yeah, I mean, it's like in the middle of a forest and like on the article, they were like, make sure you get permission to go. Like it said it a couple times because yeah. I think, it, but it's funny. It's like, who do you contact to be like, Hey, can I visit your haunted fucking like storm drain? Can I visit your Satan synagogue? Yeah. <laughs> but th- when they were videotaping, like their descent because you like open the yeah the big doors and like go underground and like the first graffiti was just like the word weed like huge <laughs> and then like 420 i didn't see that part was yeah that new? well the whole time they were i don't know i mean I just, it was just the only video that was on there but it was like uh like a swastika was there and like spooky oh i'd feel right some weird shit <laughs> um but yeah, Purple Church was like the big ghost story, I guess, when I was in school. It sounds pretty cool. I mean, I feel like it's like once you actually go and like it's nighttime and you're there, like it's probably so much scarier. Yeah, for sure. I can't imagine how many like bodies are buried around in like rural Oklahoma, to be honest. Did you know about the Ufala thing? No. Tell me. All, I, I want to know Ufala culture all the time. So Okay. I well, I didn't even know about it when I lived there, which is like pisses me off um but there was a family that fucking disappeared like their car was found with a briefcase of money in the forest oh and they had a kid i think too that disappeared 
and it's like never been solved uh right before they left there's like some record of them writing about demons like in their diaries like some weird shit and i think they might have like drugs might have been involved but they're just like theories yeah, briefcase full of cash yeah i know oh, just, yeah but no bodies oh my god i know and i didn't even know that when i lived there well now there's i always see news stories of people finding bodies unassociated and unidentified in lakes yeah in oklahoma and i'm like how do we not know who this is and yeah. who disappeared when they must be dumped but i mean lake, lake stanley draper is like the notorious one where it's like people are like don't ever go there <laughs> it's full of bodies where's that it's here in oklahoma city oh it's it's supposed I've to be it's supposed That's to be where we should the dive. lake the lake where you go to dump your bodies our next recording is just out on the lake <laughs> at like, night like drape you can hear the bodies falling in charge my crystals <laughs> Uh, I think we pretty much, is there anything else spooky in the world? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things politically that are very spooky. Yeah, I don't even count that. Don't get into. Yeah, or if I, like, denying people their human rights is <laughs> the whole thing. That's so spooky. Oh, yeah, I just want to talk about ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and goblins. Hey, so I will say, one of the things that I thought's interesting from a few years back, so <clears throat> I got a little bit curious and I read, fucked around and read the Mothman prophecies. I just gotta say. <laughs> um, so that book is like one of the books that pretty much originated the idea of the men in black. And oh, like, yeah. the men in, do you guys know anything about like the men in black outside of like the goofy, like Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones movies? No. That's the only thing that's canon to me. So like. Especially in, three, two is not. In those movies. In those movies, uh, I will defend all of that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, in those movies, it's like the men in black are sort of seen as being like the good guys. But like in John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, when he talks about like, so he has several interviews that he did with people who met men in black, and then he also sees them. But they've been... It reminded me of, like, talking about the people in, like, sleep paralysis, right? Because people in different countries have all claimed that they've seen the things that resemble the descriptions of the men in black, which are, like, <clears throat> usually people who, they'll be, like, super weird. Like, their skin is really pale, and they sometimes wear suits, sometimes not. But, like, whatever they wear usually, like, looks weird and it doesn't fit them correctly. And they have, like, weird stuff, like, I don't know. They just say things that, like, don't make sense. And so a lot of people believed that they were actually aliens who were, like, trying to figure out how to communicate with humans. So, like, they're not necessarily, like, I don't know. In the movies, they, like, kind of became heroes who are, like sort of, like, law enforcement for aliens on Earth. And, like, the original stories about it is just, like, no, they're, like, these freaky dudes who, like, even if they are working in some sort of government capacity, definitely, like, want to disappear and, like, screw over any sort of, like, normal people who see anything that they're, like, not supposed to see that's alien-related. Like, they're the ones disappearing people. But then they might also just as likely be aliens. But, like, what's weird is that, like, people have talked about seeing them 
in like other parts of the world too. Like it's not just some deal where like, you know, people say, Oh yeah. Isn't it funny that it's like always some guy who like spends all of his time next to a cornfield who's getting abducted by aliens. I mean, I could believe that. I didn't know that there's like this culture outside of the, the movie franchise. No, it's like a whole, it's like a whole conspiracy thing. Maybe if we get sleep paralysis again, we can visit the men in black. Well, it reminded me because like the descriptions that like people give, like gave in that sleep paralysis documentary, you know, the one there's a lot Um, of alien stuff. It's like some people, it's very similar to like stuff people say about the men in black. It's just like, they don't see the men in black as like a sleep paralysis thing. They like see them while they're like fully awake. There was one. And like, he said that like a guy just showed up who had sort of a grayish skin tone. And, like, his voice sounded sort of metallic, and he his skin was super cold to the touch. And he just, like, pulled out a tape recorder and, like, just started interviewing this guy and just, like, saying all kinds of weird stuff, like, asking him a bunch of personal questions and just, like, knew a bunch of, like, bizarre stuff about his personal life. But then would, like, also just, like, make really nonsensical statements and then, like, expect him to, like, answer to them. And then just, like, packed all of his stuff up and just, like, walked out of the house. And they, like, lived out in the middle of nowhere. And this guy just started, like, walking down the road. And then just, like, a car pulled up and he got in and, like... All right. We need to play the rest of these sound clips and then... Sorry, guys. I forgot about them. Body part drops and gut splats. <laughs> Body part drops and gut splats. Left for dead zombies. My brain at work. Yeah, basically. (laughs) That was good. All right, we got it all out there. I think that's enough for an episode. No, I don't know. How long are they? Is it sufficiently spooky? I mean, usually like an hour and almost two hours. But yeah, I think we covered it, right? Or is there anything else? What is it? Uh, no, I don't think there's really anything else. Okay, okay. Thanks for having me on the pod, guys. <laughs> Thanks for being on. Thanks for producing it. <laughs> I know we're always scheming, like, what What if we did this? And I'm like, <laughs> always here to help, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's good to have that. Um... All right, well, look out for our Halloween episode. We're going to do a ghost tour on Wednesday. Um, the Mothman's going to be here. The Mothman will be our guest, co-producer. Yeah, the Mothman's got money in this. <laughs> yeah, can't disappoint. Uh, but yeah, I hope I hope everybody has a good Halloween. And uh, hey, um, everybody, people put drugs in the Halloween candy, so just be careful. And sometimes there's needles in them. Oh, sweet mama, your daddy's got them deep. Let's do one more time, dude.